0: Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. this is the Rob Black Show.
1: So even though it's been a pretty rough year, five and a half months in, the S&P 500 still has not settled into bear market territory. Settled means to close. A close below thirty eight, thirty seven will put the S&P 500 in a bear market. Bear markets are normal and healthy. They happen every three to four years. They're a regular, healthy thing. Now, what's interesting is in the last 15 years, the Federal Reserve has kept the cost of money really, really, really low, and that's allowed me to create a lot of wealth in real estate and a lot of wealth in companies that get access to cheap capital. Um, as interest rates start to move back up to more normalized historic levels, which I don't know if we'll get to before we cry foul and say we got to save the stock market, better lower interest rates, Mr. Fed, which, yes, that sounds like a conspiracy theory and it kind of is. Um. Bear markets are awesome. The most money I've ever made in my life has been turned to bear markets. Um, in 2018, from December of 2018, to, uh, September to December, you saw a 19.8% correction. Not quite where we need to go. Um, 2020 had a 33% correction for 1.1 months, and then it started to recover. The average bear market lasts 11.4 months, and we're six months in. And again, I could go through the data and say, you know, 2020 was a 1.1 month. 2018 was 3.1 months. 2011 was 5.2. 1998 was 1.5 months. 2000 was 30.5 months. 30.5 months, you start doing numbers there, and that's almost three years, right? But since 1946, we've never had a bear market last longer than in 2000. Doesn't mean this one won't, but historically, I'd be pretty wise to tell you, we'll be looking better in 11.4 months because that's the average. The median is 11.7 months. The worst is 30.5 months. And the best is 1.5, 1.1 month or 1.5 months. Uh, But the average is 11.4. The most money I've made in my life is when I've been investing money, uh, the percentage wise. In 1990, 1998, 2000, 2007, 2011, 2018, 2020. When you put work, when you put money to work in down markets, you get a much better price. Now, again, that doesn't feel good. And I get it. So we'll move on. Um, Some of the headlines I do just want to avoid because they're too incendiary on politics right now. So I'm not going to go there. Russia's war on Ukraine has cost global companies 59 billion in losses amid sanctions and hasty exits. That's the company like McDonald's who has rolled out of Russia because people are like, how can you support the killing of innocent Ukrainians? McDonald's, you're giving the Russian people pleasure. And like, I get it. That's, that looks bad on a PR level, but companies like McDonald's have lost 59 billion just coming on out. Over a thousand Western businesses have committed to exit completely. Kathy Woods, ARC investment. She's fantastic. Uh, I'm starting to agree with some of the negative criticism on her. Um, and I've never bought anything she owns, and I've never sold anything that she owns. And I was pleased for her when during the pandemic she went after very speculative names. I just kind of wish she would have cut it short and said, you know, Transitory inflation's coming. People are going to start spending. Maybe they'll buy fewer Pelotons. Maybe they'll spend a little bit less on Zoom for all their employees. I don't know. But Kathy Woods, Ark Investment, said Zoom could see a seventeen hundred and fifty percent upside if hybrid work takes over. In-office mandates from employers will likely fuel high rates of attrition amongst staffers, which is the opposite of what companies want. Um, it is really tough to get a good, talented employee very tough and then you want to hold on to them because the training is very expensive for said employee for a couple weeks while you train them to do your systems and get them into your HR they're getting paid now I would never ever ever say seventeen hundred and fifty percent return do I think it's oversold I don't know I don't follow them does it look like it's oversold yes um But instead of Zoom, I'd I'd rather go with Microsoft. And again, let me play Rux's paper for you. And I own shares of Microsoft. Microsoft has something called Teams, which is pretty similar to Zoom. It doesn't feel as consumer-oriented, but it feels better on the enterprise level. Zoom is lovely. Um, I think it's a great service. But there's also Skype. There's Microsoft Teams. There's Apple FaceTime. There's Apple, like Facebook's got a calling feature. So anytime I'm up the mountains, um, cellular doesn't work terribly well. So me and you know my friends when we talk, we're always like going through Facetime or we're going through Skype or we're going through Zoom. But we don't have a loyalty to one of them. Other things to talk about today: Bank of America bankers canceled your two-month-long Airbnb in Lake Tahoe this summer. What? The US bank wants its suits back in the office at least four days a week, The big wigs in mergers and acquisitions. Bank of America wants you to come back to work. So if you're a banker, they're going, we want you four days a week. Now, Kathy Wood is saying those bankers are probably going to quit, but bankers make good money. I don't know where we go with Google and Microsoft and Apple. I don't know how hybrid we could be and how effective. I don't. I do know that you know, in the last two years, I've worked more from home and that's been great And my kids have an impressionable age. They're teenagers, essentially. Uh, but when they were babies, I wanted to get the heck out of the house because they cried and needed the diapers changed and be fed. And one day when they go to college, I'll be like, I want to get the heck out of the house. The spouse is driving me crazy. Uh, but right now I love being there for them, especially during COVID and graduation. What a mess. Man, this wave, this wave really have to hit in May and June. I know more people who've gotten COVID in the last two months than I knew in two years. I get no more people, people who I've actually met in life. Fortunately, most have had fast recoveries. So that's the positive. You can always find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. Brought to you by EP Wealth. This is the Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more another day, another dollar. Let's talk about what we're seeing We're seeing the worst performance on the S&P 500, maybe tied for the fourth worst losing streak in 50, uh, let me correct that, 40 years. This isn't horrible. This is not the end of the world. This should be a buying opportunity if you have an emergency fund, which we talk about. This should be a buying opportunity uh, or just business as usual for your 401k. I've got a 401k and I've got um, acorns, which I invest regularly in, which basically takes my credit card spending and rounds it up and invests every Friday. I'm not changing any of that. I love down markets for the 401k and regular investments. I hate down markets for people who are 60 to 80 and thought, hey, we're not going to go into a down market. Now it's time for me to be risky. Some of the worst, I mean, I'm telling you, the worst things I see in this world and I, I, I see financial problems when people email me and they go, yeah, I'm a, I work at CVS and I may have $20,000 I invested in $5,000 into long-term options on Apple long-term options on, which is, that sounds like a pretty good one. Cause it's winner, 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 and long-term options on Tesla and long-term. And I'm like, Ooh, that one's a little riskier. And then you see the risk keeps going higher on the four stocks. And you're like, I hate to tell you, but you're probably gonna lose everything. And what's unfortunate, the market continued its slow and steady rise. You probably would have made a fortune. But the risk on options is is large. Because they, they're set for a time. And that's when the clock ticks, the clock ticks. Um, and there's nothing you could really do about that. Um, whereas if you own shares a Nike, and my son... Got COVID, and he was asking me, "We're spending a lot of time together, and he's awesome." He said, "Can you teach me what you do?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And uh, he goes, "When I get older, I'm like, let's start doing it right now." And I said, "Okay." Here's some of the beautiful things. Like, um what shoes do you want for Christmas? And he goes, "Nikes." He's a big Jordan Nike shoe guy. I'm not, but he is. I'm like, okay, so you can invest in Nike, right? He played basketball, shoot, forty years ago. I think Nikes could be around for a while. Sometimes it'll be higher, sometimes it'll be lower. Um, then we started talking about what else can we invest in? I'm like, well, do you eat food every day? I'm like, well, you can invest in a food company. Or, and I was just giving that, like, and I'm like, well, not all food companies are the same. But if you look at your supermarket, there's generally about eight publicly traded companies that control the world food supply. Um, I know that sounds a little aggressive, but it's kind of true. It's, it's in the truth realm. And I was like, how about you just go after Coke? If you've been around if you've I've been alive since the late 60s and I saw, I'd like to buy the world of Coke and da, 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 da. Um, it's gonna be around a long time. It's been around a long time. And I was like, would you buy any? Like, yeah, I do that. So I'm starting to give them the basics on long term investing. And I said, we own some Coca Cola and I, I plan to give that to you one day. Um, but there's gonna be rules like you have to go to college or at least try to go to college. And you don't get it until you're 25. You'll get a tranche of money after you finish college to go on a vacation. You get a tranche of money at 25, right? When you're starting to think about career, you'll get a tranche of money right around 35, right? When you start thinking about getting married and kids. And you get the final tranche at 45. And that's going to be the game that I play with you. It's gonna be spread out. So you can't blow it. If I got my, all of my tranche of money at 18, I would have gone to Paris. I probably would have had a beret. I probably could have been like uh, a purveyor of wines. Who knows? So anyway, I like down markets and I like teaching people how to invest. There's a clear risk aversion trade right now on Wall Street. Um, We need the VIX to spike up. Um, It's starting to spike. When the VIX hits a reading of 40, the best way I can say it, that's like turbulence that people get off and they, they never want to fly again. In an airplane. Those the good ones. Today, the VIX hit a high of about 34. It needs to get to about 40. We're not there. Um, when you take a look at a one year chart on the VIX, you can see the market tends to bottom when the VIX is above 40. And you just basically get it's a fear index, it's a volatility index, it's a I can't take it anymore index. So right now, there's a clear risk aversion. Foreign equity markets are in a similar stupor, uh, worried about inflation, worried about economic activity. Inflation is widespread in food, energy, and other commodities. Um, Federal Reserve has its FOMC meeting this week, June 14th through 15th. It's going to be a big one. It is expected to produce an increase in target range for the Fed funds rate of at least 50 basis points. Some people are expecting 75 basis points. The probability last week, just last week, that they would do 75 basis points was right around 4%. Today, it's right around 37%. Same thing's going on with Bank of England. Trying to fight inflation. If you make things more expensive, people, if you make borrowing more expensive, people are more hesitant to, to spend. But inflation's not that simple got a lot to do with confidence. It's got a lot to do with pent-up demand, um, supply issues. In the last hour, I talked about you can't really blame big oil. There's at least 10 other culprits for the high gasoline prices, including you and me. Um, I own a hybrid SUV, which I feel is a nice thing. I could own a hybrid sedan, which would be even better. But I also own a truck that gets like 18 miles, like 23 miles a gallon, way too little. And if you look around at your neighbors, you see a lot of f- fuel guzzlers. And you look around at EVs, we got about 4% in the United States. If it was flipped right now, you wouldn't be boning around about gas prices. And OPEC plus is a problem and distribution is a problem. Of Are we going to put a pipeline uh, across America or not? If you want regular, uh, cheaper price oil, that's what you got to do. You got to get a pipeline that goes from Canada all the way down to the Gulf of Mexico because that's where most of our refiners are in the United States. Because I don't want a refiner in my backyard. I once read a study that a refiner caused cancer. I don't want it in my backyard, but I want cheap gasoline. Anyway, the 10-year treasury um, is one of those things that is a nice flag today telling you how panicked people are. And let me give you some of the data on what we're seeing right now. So the SP 500 opened down 2.9 percent. The Dow down 2.2. The Nasdaq down 3.5. Those are all big drops, and they make sense risk wise. The Nasdaq's got five companies that make are worth a trillion roughly, and they make billions. And then you start getting into some areas of like, oh, what's the next one going to be? And you start speculating as you go down that list. Gold is lower today. Doesn't make any sense if there's inflation. Ten-year treasury sits at 3.28%. Last week, we were talking about under three makes a lot of sense. Like it's going to work under three. It was at 3% on Friday. But by Monday morning, it's at 3.2%. Crypto is getting crushed. It's getting destroyed. It's technically breaking down. Bitcoin's at 23,400. Um, down 14% in the last 24 hours. Uh, there's not a lot of support there. Bitcoin's supposed to fight inflation. It's not. It's a problem. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Don't miss an episode of The Rob Black Show. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm not a robot. Of course, I'm not a robot. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. I've been doing this for, it seems like 25 years now. And I've been doing it five days a week for 25 years. And at one point in time, I was actually doing two shows or uh, five hours a day. I'm pulling back on that. And I do hope to do some more live events in 2022 and 2023, both in person and some live events like Facebook live streams. I've got a great podcast that you can find at robloxshow.com. That's robloxshow.com. Um, what's interesting about that phrase, Rob Black Show? That's also my YouTube channel, and a little bit miss, hit or miss lately, but on the miss side, uh, my family got the COVID thing going, the ball rolling, and it's hitting everyone we know. Fortunately for us, the symptoms are incredibly, incredibly mild, and fortunately for us, we have some advantages like two homes where we we're able to split between, and you get the idea. Um, I know you're saying, why don't you have your second home as an Airbnb? Because I don't want to. The idea of someone living in my home and then me living in that home after they've been jumping up and down on my bed, it's like, nope. Interesting to see uh, mergers and acquisitions. When the market gets beat up, and it's getting beat up, Qualcomm today is announcing that it's going to Cell CellWise to accelerate 5G adoption and spur network infrastructure innovation at the edge. I won't go into CellWise's 5G network deployment. I will say, I do like to see companies that have a lot of cash when markets are getting burned and maybe the sell wise and it's wise with a Z. Maybe they're like, you know, we're going to run out of money in two months or two quarters or two years if we don't do something. And maybe they they got as far as they could and they said, time to sell. It happens. Charles Schwab has reached a settlement with the US Securities and Exchange Commission to resolve an investigation. And historical disclosures related to the Schwab Intelligent Portfolio's advisory solution. Schwab has resolved a matter with the SEC that basically ran from 2015 to 2018. You know what I hate about this? This was one of those stories where the individual got bad service, the consumer. And you're talking about 2015, 2018, and it takes that long to go through the system. Our SEC is crazy underfunded. Um, We'll move on. So I don't think there's enough of a story there other than to say, the SEC is kind of in charge of keeping things on the up and up. And what we learned over the weekend is that some things are not on the up and up in crypto. We saw another major crypto company, Celsius, they've paused customer withdrawals and transfers due to extreme market conditions. All you can do is sit there and watch your money go down. You can't get it. You can't beg for it. You can't plead for it. You can't say, and you're willing to do anything. And if it goes to zero, you're going to feel like, oh, boy, I'm going to sue. And then you're going to look at the legal ease thing that you signed by clicking this button, and you're going to be like, oh, I can't sue. Reports that lockdowns and shutdowns are being imposed again in Shanghai and Beijing due to a detection of new COVID cases has made growth matters worse along the national average. Gasoline prices have jumped well above $5. So, there's a lot of little data points that are, I'm not going to say creeping me out, but the 10 year treasury jumps to 3.26% in basically one market session from three. That's epic. That's like Dwayne the Rock Johnson in that um, earthquake movie. Like, that's a big one. That's exponential. The difference between a six three earthquake and a six four is big. Between six and six is big. So we're having some stories today that are are, are pain. The Fed has a meeting this week, uh, tomorrow and Wednesday. So the Wednesday is the big one where we'll get what did the Fed do and what is their outlooks and what's likelihood going forward. Uh Back in October of 2021, we thought the Federal Reserve would raise interest rates two to three times in 2022. And it's going to turn into 11. So we were a little behind the curve nine months ago. Financial media got it wrong. The Federal Reserve got it wrong. Inflation was way stronger than, than expected. Um, so it's not adding up to good, right? 10-year treasury sits at three point two five percent If someone wants to buy my house, they're going to have to go get a 30-year mortgage or they're going to have to have cash or stock. Stocks are down 20%. That's not good. Cash is probably being hung on to right now in case they get laid off. That's not good. And a mortgage, you're not going to be able to really make the financing work when you're paying, when you're getting a 5.75 30-year mortgage versus what I got 18 months ago, uh, 12 months ago, 12 months ago, I got a 2.45 or 2.54% 30-year mortgage. And as there's a show on this network, what are you not To go for mortgages at 2.5% to where we are now, 5.5 plus, that's that's exponential. And if you do the pricing on it, it's thousands of dollars extra a month for the same exact thing on the higher-end homes. It's hundreds of dollars more a month for the same exact home on the lower-end homes. The fallout of all this negative news is that there's compounding worries about growth prospects due to a reduced wealth effect. When you incorporate falling stock prices and bond prices, again, Shanghai and Beijing, this will be good for oil, believe it or not, if they do shut down due to COVID because they manufacture things. And it, it has been start, stop, start, stop, start, stop in Shanghai in the last 18 months with COVID of what cities – and Apple is like, oh, are you kidding me? Please tell us this isn't one of our factories. If their factory gets shut down right before Christmas, guess what? Who's not getting a new iPhone this year? So you could see the risk sentiment right now is is oh no. And for instance, the difference in the United States and China is they they detect a case or two and they shut down. I detected a case or two in my home last week and COVID's turning, it's trickier again. Is it the, the disease or is it our immune system? Something's being tricked out, whereas you're you're getting the disease. You're not showing signs of infection. you you get a negative result. And then two to 14 days later, you're sick. Um, So the rules are changing a bit again with COVID. Now, again, not as deadly. Who's right? Who's wrong? China, the United States or New Zealand or Australia? I don't know. I don't make enough money to, uh, to know healthcare policy. Policy rates are heading higher which is driving up market rates. Higher market rates are expected to drive down economic growth. Higher gas prices are expected to curtail discretionary spending. Um, It's kind of interesting, some of the psychology psychological tricks we play. Now that my family hit COVID, I'm like, well, the next 90 days after we get over it are going to be pretty good because we probably won't get it again. But China's got a different opinion. Um, and again, we don't know what's right. We do know reduced discretionary spending. It's going to weigh on GDP. And we do know that 2023 looks like there's going to be a recession either at the start or the end of 2023. Uh, that's two quarters of negative GDP growth on a year-over-year basis, negative from the uh, previous high.
0: Resources to help you
1: manage your money. Visit robblackshow.com. That's
0: robblackshow.com.
1: I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. I don't have a lot of assault rifle opinions other than that children should be safe. Um, I read a heart-wrenching part of the congressional testimony that an 11-year-old kid said, he told my teacher goodnight and shot her in the head. And I've got an 11-year-old. And it just goes too close, too close. I remember when I was 18 thinking, you know, I, I, here's what sucks being me. I was born in October, late 60s, <clears throat> and that's when the drinking age went from 18 to 21. There was a great group of people called Mothers Against Truck Driving that basically got together and campaigned and told Congress, you need to up the drinking age. When I was 18, I thought I should be able to drink. You know what the truth is? Nah, no, I shouldn't. I should have waited until I was 21. I didn't have a right to drink. I didn't have a right to get in a car. As an 18-year-old, Like even this buy now, pay later stuff is starting to bother me. <clears throat> You tell an 18-year-old who's going on his headway on his way to Coachella, we'll give you $2000 iPhone or we'll give you a a Mac Party Cube when you go to Coachella and you don't have to pay for it. You'll pay four installments of $500 starting in 3 months. What do you think an 18-year-old's going to do? I think buy now pay later should be regulated. Only because I think when I was 18 I I thought I was smart and I wasn't. Uh, I was I saw my producer this morning like um his parents met and fell in love in a restaurant. I'm like, well, I worked in restaurants when I was 16, 17, 18, 19. And I was like, I'm glad I didn't fall in love with Mary because I wasn't very smart when I was 18. I'm stoked when other people have got that great story. I don't think I can have that great story. So that's my political commentary on AR-15s. Uh, upping the aged buy for sure. And do a driving test with a DMV. Makes sense to get a driver's license. Should make sense with an AR-15. But then we get into... Uh, You're taking away my rights. And no, I'm just asking that we don't have to hear an 11-year-old kid say that the guy held a gun to my teacher's head and said goodnight. I couldn't imagine that trauma. My son's freaked out right now because his dad's got COVID. Like, I couldn't imagine the trauma. He's freaked out. He broke down in tears about not wanting me to die. The world economy is going to pay a hefty price for the war in Ukraine. We're starting to learn more and more. We're going to see weaker growth, stronger inflation, potentially long-lasting damage to supply chains. If you had told me at the start of 2020, 2019, 2015, that one of the biggest threats to the economic well-being of the United States and the world was and I would have been like, eh, I don't see it. Um, Now, it, it's it's bizarre that I keep my fingers crossed that I hope it ends with it ends quickly. And I even have, you know, horrible thoughts go through my head of, like, uh, maybe someone should take care of this. Like, we've seen it in movies, and I don't know the reality of anything. The grim outlook comes as Russia and Turkey brought no signs of progress on a deal to unblock shipments of Ukrainian grain in the face of the global food supply crisis. This summer, you're going to see food shortages across the world. And Ukraine produces a lot of the world's grain, significantly more than 5%. Russ is a big player in this too. So you're going to see, man, when you take 10% of the grain off the markets, you're going to see small children starve. Now again, you're saying, you're playing with me, Rob. You're playing with me. They can eat rice. Rice is up 30%. There's nowhere to turn here. A United Nations expert said removing mines near Ukraine's key ports could take months. As the war passes 100 days, Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky said the ongoing battle in the city of Zyvodzonsky-Durk. I can't say it. Uh, It's going to be the most critical of the conflict. It feels like the last one is most critical. Uh, Don't know what else to say on this one. Big headlines this week, again, will be made on the House committees investigating the January 6, 2021 attack on the U.S. Capitol. And they're going to hold its first public hearing on the deadly insurrection on Thursday. Very political moment, uh, tense political moment. A political movement that we haven't understood in real time since maybe Watergate. And it's interesting to note that my dad's opinion on Watergate kind of changed kind of his whole outlook on life. Isn't that kind of interesting? We were just a different wired bunch of Americans back then. Apple's going to handle the handle the lending itself for a new buy now, pay later offering as they push deeper into financial services. What's interesting about Apple getting into buy now, pay later, again, I'm not a fan. Here's something very expensive that you really can't afford. So buy now, pay later. Yeah, there's some be problems there. But what's interesting about Apple is they have 150 billion plus in cash, but they also know that You buy a phone every 2.3 years. They know that you use a credit card. They know, like, they have a lot of data on you. So if they get into buy now pay later with their own products, it could make sense. If they take all the data that they have on you and say, "We've seen him buy five iPhones over the last ten years," and let's do a credit report on him, and he's never he's held a job for the last five years, we feel good about this one. A little bit different. The IRS is coming for Venmo income. I like stories like this. Um, I think we've all paid for services in our life, whether it be a, an accountant or maybe a lawn mowing service or a pool service or a tutor where you go with PayPal or Venmo. And you have that option to check a box that says individual is you know is this a gift to a friend like is this a business transaction or not and a lot of people don't check the business transaction so it doesn't get taxed but the irs is starting to eyeball that doesn't it feel like a weird world we live in take a look at the stock market let's get a small update for you cryptocurrency market is taking a huge hit today crashing if you will well under 26000 25000 24000 for bitcoin as a company called Celsius is frozen asset withdrawals and transfers. That is a problem. Because if you give your money to a bank, you worked hard for two weeks, and you have a paycheck, and you give it to your bank, and they would say, you know what? You can't get access to it for two weeks. You'd be like, but I have mortgages to pay. I'm going to go to a different bank next time. Screw you guys. You don't have that option now. You've been locked out of your crypto account. Bitcoin's down 16%. It's approaching 23,000. Um, Celsius uses crypto and digital assets to invest in crypto and digital assets. So there's a little bit of a pyramid effect there of you bring down one, you bring down another, the world's worst game of Jenga. Losers are outpacing winners on the Dow Jones industrial average 23 to one. That's to me, volatility. That's people giving up. Let's take a look at the overall market numbers. The SP 500 is down 3.1%. It is opened low, but it's going lower. The same thing with the Dow Jones Industrial Average, same thing with the NASDAQ. Um, Bitcoin's down to 23,338, down 15.5% today. Ethereum's down 18% to 1216 And a lot of what Bitcoin and Ethereum were promising is they'll fight inflation. Um, we're seeing inflation and they're not moving higher. That's a big problem. When push came to shove, that was a sales point that didn't appear to be true. Now lumber prices are falling. Softer housing sales are hammering demand. Um, we are seeing some disinflation, but not to counteract the inflation. Gas prices are stubbornly high, and they're gonna be for the summer. Maybe even longer. Until we build refineries in your backyard and still until we build Uh, pipelines until OPEC plus is like, you know what? We forgive Biden for calling our crown prince, a dirty name. Uh, Russia pulls out of Ukraine and says, whoops, my bad mistake. China starts firing up factories and meeting supply, uh, creating supply that meets demand. Weird. It's wonky right now. It's still wonky and it's not going to be better by the end of summer. The data will still be very bad. But the good news for you is that historically, this is the time range where you could start feeling a little bit more comfortable. I'm not going to get aggressive with that statement, but bear markets tend not to last a very long time. I don't want you to say, well, Rob said that they tend to last, you know, three years. No, 18 months, more like it. I don't want you doing that. Um, I want you to be able to invest in good times, bad times. I want you to have at least three years of a down market. You've heard CFP Chad Burton on this show before talking about you should always have three years of emergency cash because the markets are never down more than three years. Um, and bear markets tend to find a point of dropping. Interesting headline on CBS Market Watch this morning, and I got a snicker out of this one. Los Angeles is the worst metro area in America for first-time home buyers. Um yeah. So Los Angeles has a little more diverse of economy than the Bay Area. And I'm speaking to the California listeners here right now. Um what am I trying to get at? Los Angeles has a low-paying job, mid-paying jobs, high-paying jobs. But they got a lot more middle class than San Francisco does. So the housing sector is starting to slow down. It should be the next shoe to fall as interest rates on mortgages are pulling above five and a half percent on 30 year fixed mortgages. 30 seconds. Good news is lumber prices are falling. Yes. Bad news is confidence is low. Typical home in Los Angeles now 1007124 dollars up 17 percent in the last 12 months. Wages aren't up that much. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Typical house in Pittsburgh, $233,000.